Howdy. Howdy. Good. Well, my mic's working. That's a start. It is such an honor to be here tonight. I have such, um, such fond memories in this place. I cannot count the number of nights that I worshipped here. Um, it would take a long time. Um, but I will say that I have not, I have not stood up here and talked since I was a student. So this is, it's been a while. So I guess I should have said Merry Christmas to you all. Instead of howdy, I really like that November 1, I was really torn when y'all were having the great battle of 2018, whatever y'all want to call it. But I kind of like it because I'm not actually sure that I have seen this chancel area decorated with Christmas because we all, we all split like on December 10th, right? We don't, we don't get there. So I kind of, I kind of like it. I don't like it so much in, in shops and stuff, but I can handle it in a church. So, <laughs> so Merry Christmas. And we can imagine that the freezing rain outside is snow, right? The slides, they helped us with our imagination. Our scripture tonight um, that I'm going to read is from 1 John 3, um, little little book in the back of your Bible, if you've ever gotten there, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3, I believe. Let us listen for the word of the Lord. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him, beloved. We are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. This is the word of the Lord. Can you all say thanks be to God? Thanks be to God. I recently... um, came upon this little fun fact of my life that I didn't necessarily want to stumble upon. It was recently revealed to me that I arrived here in Aggieland for the first time 19 and a half years ago. (laughs) You notice I'm not jumping to 20. It was 19 and a half years ago. Okay, that was... um, that was alarming, to say the least. Thankfully, I got to, to say it to Preston, my colleague, because he thought it was a decade ago. And I was like, eh, we're closer to two, buddy. Sorry. Um, I knew all the Aggie traditions when I arrived here because I am a third-generation Aggie. So pretty much the mainstream traditions were no, were no surprise to me. We came to Aggieland all the time. We went to football games, all that. But as soon as I got here, really before I got here at fish camp, I figured out that there is a very specific way that you introduce yourself when you're an Aggie, right? So I learned that I was to say, howdy. Howdy, Howdy. yeah. Howdy, I'm Katie Ware, Fighting Tech Aggie class of 03, horticulture major from Cleburne, Texas. I should have looped, you're right, I'm out of practice. horticulture major from Cleveland, Texas. So everybody does this. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I introduce myself with these four facts. My name, my class, my major, and my hometown. Okay? How many times have y'all introduced yourself in that way? In in classes, in small groups? I don't know why we've narrowed it down to those four categories, but, you know, they help us. They help us to, you know, put people in categories or groups. We helps us tell their ages and 
if we're really honest, it helps us to make assumptions about them, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, you're an engineer. <laughs> oh, you have two majors, math and physics? <laughs> That's interesting. Hmm. Is, is that really a group, though? No, no, it's not really a group. It's just Tommy. <laughs> oh, or, or just, you know, oh, you're a freshman. Sorry, Ruby. You know, like, there's all these, like, assumptions that we make when we, inter when we hear people's introductions. We group them. Ooh, I'm a, you're a wildlife fisheries major. I mean, we just, we have all of these, these, um, you know, labels and stereotypes we put on people. And we all know that we are so much more than our name and our major and our hometown and our class year. Um, they're important parts of our Aggie identity, but we are so much more than that. This is my favorite part about the years of college, that you get to leave the context from which you were, maybe the house of your family and the the small groups that you were a part of, the high school that you were a part of, whatever that looked like for you. And you get to start again. You get to start again. And what you find out is that your context informs a whole lot about who you are, how you see yourself, and how other people see you. Our identity is in part defined by our context. I remember being a freshman in Mosier Hall and somehow, both my roommate and both of my suite mates were all like valedictorian and salutatorian of their class, okay? And so they were really the top achievers in their hometown. Do we have any valedictorians and salutatorians in here? Yeah, see? See, this is, this is about to prove my point. So they were like the top people in their hometown. And they commented to me, you know, I was the salutatorian. I was the valedictorian. I wasn't in this group, by the way, but they were. And they said... But here, everywhere I go, there's like three in the room, you know? Like, there's, there's, there's like five people that raise their hands when I ask that. It, they, didn't, they didn't have the same identity in this new context. It's a different context, and it helps us see ourselves differently. It makes us look at ourselves differently. I want to challenge you tonight to think about yourself I'm not going to talk about dating or sex or bonding like Max has been doing the last few weeks. I want you to think about your identity in a broader context, okay? So we have an identity in our hometown. We have our identity in college at Wesley. But I want us to look at our identity from a broader context, a broader context than your hometown, a broader context than your high school, than your major, than Aggieland. That is from God's view. Who we are, no matter where we go, no matter what we achieve, no matter who we're around, who are we? 1 John 3 says, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Now, I get that the last thing you might want to call yourself is a child at this point because you are in the process of 
becoming free. I mean, y'all don't have curfews like you used to, unless you live in some place that has a curfew. I'm not sure that exists anymore. Um, but you're, when you're a child, you have little privileges. You don't have a whole lot of life privileges and a whole lot of freedoms. The last thing I wanted to be called in college was a child. But in this context, in this biblical context, being a child of God is about how much we're loved. It's about how completely and unconditionally God loves us. The scripture that was read earlier from Romans 8 is the Apostle Paul saying that he is convinced that neither death nor life nor angels or rulers, things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. This love that God has for us is a part of who we are, but it's not something that we experience in our human relationships. I had some of the most supportive and loving parents, and I know not all of us do, but even then, I wonder if there's not something I could do that would make them not love me. Our human love is so, so different than how God loves us. God loves us so much deeper and so much wider than any human experience we've probably had with love. He loves us completely, and that's who we are. He offers us this absolutely unconditional love, and nothing that we can do can ever separate us from it. In God's eyes, we are so much more than our major, so much more than our grades, so much more than our accomplishments. At our very core, we are God's unique creation, loved completely and unconditionally by God. Now, this may sound like a really big blanket identity of you, like you're all children, you're all loved, you're all completely loved unconditionally, but it's not. It's actually the complete opposite. Because God's love for each of you is so incredibly unique to who you are. He created you, and there is no one now or ever that will ever be you. You are irreplaceable to him. And your love, the love between God and his daughters and sons, is unique to every person. We have a unique, loving God that loves us so completely. No one could ever replace us. A couple of years ago, I went on this big trip. This was right after John and I had met, and I went to Greece and Italy, and it was so fun. And I got back, and as soon as I got back, my mailbox started filling with envelope after envelope that confused me because they were new credit cards from stores. Every envelope that I opened would be like, congratulations on your new Academy card. You've been approved for $16,000. And then about a week later, I'd get the bill for the first, you know, 12 that I had bought. Anyway, come to find out, someone had gotten my social security number, I guess made up a fake ID. And within the course of two hours, we narrowed it down. They did it in about a two, two and a half hour window. They walked through this mall in Louisiana and the stores next to it and just opened up store credit cards in my name. Catherine Grace Ware was in Louisiana, even though I was in Greece. And they made a big purchase and bought a store credit, you know, bought, a, um, bought whatever they wanted, really, because I had really good credit. And 
it ended up being 16 different stores in a row that they opened up a credit card. You know how when you get to the register and they say, would you like to save 15% today if you open up a Target credit card? Well, apparently they saved 15% at a lot of stores. Um, <laughs> it took a while to get all this hashed out and I didn't end up paying any of it, you know, having to pay any of it. But it felt really strange to know that someone was walking around posing as me. They were like, yes, I'm Catherine Grace Ware. And like, did they, did they know what I look like? Did they make an ID with like a wig on? Like, I, I didn't understand how this really worked and how the credit bureau too wouldn't like get flagged that somebody's opening up 16 credit cards in my name in the course of two hours. That's a whole nother story. But it felt really weird at an emotional level, even though this was like a, a theft of numbers of my secure, social security number, it felt really weird at an emotional level because I, someone was posing as me. And there's only one me. There's only one me on this planet, but someone was walking around as if they were me. I thought about this because in the kingdom of God, there's only one me. There's only one you. There's not going to be another you. There never has been another you before. We are uniquely created. God's creation. We all can be placed in many categories. Introverts, extroverts, scientists, artists, musicians, bookworms. But God knew us in our mother's womb. He knew us when we were being knitted in our mother's womb, the scripture tells us. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows that we are unique, that we are one of a kind. And this is who we are. No matter where we go, no matter what we do, no matter how hard we fail, this is who we are. As you progress through your time here in Aggieland, you will find this fifth category is inevitably always asked. It could be multiple choice here, you know, well, what are you involved in A&M? And you say, well, the Wesley Foundation and whatever else you're involved in. If you're an upperclassman, the questions will start to become, well, where do you hope to get a job? Have you gotten a job? Have you done any interviews? Have you done an internship? What's next? What are you becoming? Have y'all started to get any of these questions? Do you have any upperclassmen in the room? They want to know what's next. What are you becoming? What is, wh where are you going? Because your identity, although you declare a major, maybe several times, but you would declare a major at some point and you say, this is what I'm going to be, this is what I'm going to do, your identity continues to grow in life, but more specifically in the journey of faith. As you walk with God, as you, he, as you get to know him and what he wants for your life, your identity shifts, and that is good and healthy and wonderful. Not your identity in being a unique creation and loved, but in walking into the call on God's, on, that God has for your life walking into who he is calling you to be. This is a lifelong journey, and it's, a, it's basically building a relationship with God and learning to listen to him alone, to not do what the world wants you to do, or maybe your parents want you to do, or whoever wants you to do, but doing what God wants you to do. And certainly he can talk through the community of faith, through parents, through pastors, through friends, but ultimately, if we are following Jesus with our lives, 
we are going to go where he leads us. We're going to go where he takes us. And we can follow a lot of things, right? Money, power. We can follow someone else wherever they go because we're hoping they will love us completely. We have, there's a lot of things to follow in this world. But we will always come up short. We will only find fulfillment in God. When we reside in our identity as completely loved children of God, it gives us the courage to move, the courage to go wherever he's calling us to go. Because we're not running around in circles trying to please this person and please this person and please this person. And we're not running from all of our fears. I know you all have fears. I can feel it in the room. I drove by 4.0 and Go earlier today, and I saw the line out the parking lot in the cold, freezing rain. I know y'all had a choice in coming here today. And I'm so glad you made this choice. Because no matter what happens... You've always got to stay focused on God, connected to God, listening to where he is leading you. We do that best in community and worship. I came to A&M to get a horticulture degree <laughs> and a minor in business, which I did. I accomplished this in four years. Um, but as I connected with God right here in this room, as I connected with him through the fellowship of people at Wesley, I began to sense that his desire for my future was a little bit different, and I had no idea what that meant. I took it one slow step at a time, and all I can say that I really did was stay focused on God. I never got a 10-year flash of like, okay, this is what I want you to do for the next 10 years. It never happened, and I don't think it ever will to anybody. He just shows you the next step. But today I introduce myself as Katie Hazlett, the associate pastor at A&M Methodist Church. I've been a pastor for 12 years now. And I have to tell you that if you would have walked up to me as a student sitting where you were sitting, and to my friend Preston, who was probably sitting right across the aisle, we would have laughed in your face if you would have told us that we were going to be co-pastoring at a and Methodist almost 20 years later. There have been so many seasons of discernment that have brought me to where I am in life, And I'm not saying you're going to become a pastor. But I'm convinced today more than I ever have been in my entire life that I'm exactly where God wants me to be. I would never have planned on this. I'm so happy where I am but I would have never designed this life on my own. I know where you are sitting, there are a lot of life decisions in front of you. 
you're probably in, swirling in your mind are jobs and majors and careers and spousal decisions. I remember the pressure to make the right choice, to make the right grade. I remember it. And it's not over. It doesn't over, it end in college. And I get it. I remember when all my friends were getting married right after left, and I wasn't, and I thought, I have not met anybody I want to marry yet. And all along, John was right here at A&M. I didn't know him, but he was right here. And I was so glad that I didn't just feel that pressure and try to please someone. And I have friends that got married right in college, and they are still so happily married. See, the point is there's no right or wrong way. There's only God's way. And you work that out with God, with this relationship, this unique relationship that you build. It's unique to every person, and it's as unique as you are. I hope that you try, in the midst of all that you have going on, to do exactly what you're doing tonight. No matter how tired you are or how much other stuff you could be doing right now, that you take a second to always reconnect and focus on God. Even if he doesn't have your full attention, some is better than none. Because he knows you better than you know yourself. He, better, he knows you better than anybody else. I don't know what God has for your future, but I do know that he has you, and he loves you, totally. And I do know that no matter what grades you make on Tuesday or any day after that, no matter if you fail or quit, no matter what you make on your finals, no matter what decisions you've already made that you're struggling with tonight, I know that he loves you completely, that he forgives you completely. He loves you just where you are, no strings, no conditions. And the God who loves you and knows who you truly are, he's the one that holds your future. He is the one to look to in every single season of your life, not just college, to find out who you are and who you're becoming. I cannot wait to see you in 10 years to see how you introduce yourself. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for loving us. Tonight we rest in that love. We confess to you that, that we have so many fears. We are so scared that we're going to fail or make the wrong turn choose the wrong person or wrong major. But God, we're not a slave to fear, as we just sung. We just sang that we are not a slave to fear. We are your child. So I ask that you would help us to rest in your love and your grace, to let it pour over us, to let us know that there is nothing that can separate us from it. Meet us here, God. Amen.